Hello, everyone. This is Rev Brad, and you're listening to the Soccer Chaplains United podcast from the Touchline. Beginning this week and over the course of the next few more, many teams here in the U.S., from First Division Soccer on both the men's and women's side on down, will mark the start of the 2022 preseason. It all feels like it's coming a bit sooner this year, and because of the World Cup capping off a full year of soccer later on in November and December. Well, today on the podcast, I want to talk about preseason and a biblical parallel that mirrors this particular time in the soccer calendar. So don't go anywhere. We kick off right after this. He's found the space, and he's found the back of the net. Just a little off foot, thinking he's going to go far post. Not strong enough with his right hand. Whips that one in. Far post, almost made him in, and they have. He has the hat trick. The second in his career. The third of the night. Talked about you're not going to be able to sustain that kind of pressure. To the corner, goes towards the near post, and you're the angle, and what a goal! What a goal! So report day for my beloved local football club, the Colorado Rapids, was on Monday, January 10. Now report day is not necessarily the official start of preseason, that comes a little bit later, but report day marks more testing for baselines, making sure that footballers are moving and breathing and functioning as they should before taking on the rigors of the year ahead. The actual preseason is just a few days away yet. But January 10 is the earliest report date of my memory. Usually the team is finding their way back to the club in late January with an early March start to the regular league season. But not so this year. With the World Cup taking place in Qatar in November, the league is condensing the schedule to finish with the cup final that first week in November. And it's the earliest start date to record, with February 26th being the kickoff. So as the team starts preseason, there will literally be right around 40 days of preseason training and preparation before the league kicks into gear. Now, it's my 21st season as a volunteer chaplain, and I've observed many preseasons. They are times of tremendous intensity. It's a time of getting ready physically, mentally, emotionally. Some athletes are coming back from injury. Some have had a longer rest or a, a longer off-season. Some were diligent and careful over the off-season, maintaining their, their physique or maintaining some of their physical attributes. Others, yeah, they indulged a bit more or did less maintenance work. Some athletes are new into a team's locker room, and there's a need for new teamwork and team culture building that needs to go on. For some athletes, it's their first professional season, while for some others, it may be their last. So needless to say, there's a large mix of energy emotion, and a lot of things going on when preseason finally gets underway. Well, there's a biblical precedent in the Bible that is, in my mind, a lot like a preseason. And we see it occur in several places, but I want to focus in on one in particular. You know, if you're familiar with the Bible and with Christian faith, you'll recall that there are several 40-day moments throughout Scripture. For example, there were 40 days and nights of rain and flood that covered the earth in Genesis 7. Moses, the leader of the Israelites, was atop Mount Sinai for 40 days and nights, worshiping God, receiving instructions on how to lead the people of Israel. The ancient Hebrew prophet Elijah, when he was fleeing from the treacherous queen Jezebel, he fled for 40 days and 40 nights to run away. And there are other places in the Bible where a period of 40 days or 40 days and nights is referenced. But perhaps the most famous of these is the 40 days and nights that Jesus spent being tempted in the wilderness. And it's this example I want to talk about today and pull out some parallels to the football preseason. 
Now, we find the account of Jesus in the desert in Matthew chapter 4 and Luke chapter 4. We also see a glancing reference in Mark chapter 1. But for the sake of simplicity, let's just read and take on the Lucan account and reading from the Gospel of Luke chapter 4, verses 1 through 13. Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, left the Jordan, the Jordan River, and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness, where for forty days he was tempted by the devil. He ate nothing during those days, and at the end of them he was hungry. The devil said to him, If you are the Son of God, tell this stone to become bread. Jesus answered, It is written, Man shall not live on bread alone. The devil led him up to a high place and showed him in an instant all the kingdoms of the world, and he said to him, I will give you all their authority and splendor. It has been given to me, and I can give it to anyone I want to. If you worship me, it will all be yours. Jesus answered, It is written, Worship the Lord your God and serve him only. The devil led him to Jerusalem and had him stand on the highest point of the temple. If you are the Son of God, he said, Throw yourself down from here. For it is written, He will command his angels concerning you to guard you carefully. They will lift you up in their hands so that you will not strike your foot against a stone. Jesus answered, It is said, Do not put the Lord your God to the test. When the devil had finished all this tempting, he left him until an opportune time. So a little context here. Jesus has just been baptized by his cousin John in the Jordan River as he's about to start his ministry, and we see him led out into the desert. This moment occurs just before Jesus begins his years of ministry, about three years in total, before his death and resurrection. So this wilderness event is similar to a preseason on many levels. But I want to point out some of the characteristics of this time that I think might be helpful for us to reflect on for a football preseason. The first is this. Jesus was tested. Here's the truth about preseason. If you've ever been around a pro football environment, There's a lot of testing that goes on in the preseason. There's physical testing, things such as range of motion or what's termed movement competence, uh, concussion protocols, brain activity, blood levels, heart-related issues, everything's looked at, endurance, lung capacity, and much, much more. I could go on and on. All the physical attributes of a person are measured, and there's these baselines and standards for the year ahead that are established. And physical testing is only part of it. Some clubs may even have athletes undergo mental health or psychological testing just to, just to see, you know, are they able to withstand some of the rigors, some of the things that are going to go on. Most testing during preseason comes in the form of intentional action. Usually it's, it's led by and guided and guarded by the medical and sports science staff. But there's other types of testing that can happen as well. And I'm talking about some of the external or unexpected testing that comes as a result of a particular preseason. For example, a couple of years ago, the club spent a full month away from Denver. They were in an off-site training facility for preseason. And I think there's benefits for a team to be focused, to have separation from what's normal. But it could be a difficult test for some athletes. You know, there's some athletes who are married, those who have families with young children, and they're away and inaccessible for an extended period of time. And this produces a type of testing that I think is difficult to understand, to quantify. It's not often at the forefront of the minds of the football club. There can be a strain on a spouse or on children that can be especially difficult. And especially when needs arise and mom or dad, the athlete, is not there. They're away and they can't be present. Well, one truth that we know about testing, and especially preseason types of testing, is that the testing doesn't happen in vain. The Apostle James speaks about testing. He says this, Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. 
let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. If any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to you. That's in James chapter 1, verses 2 through 5. You see, testing produces something. And when it comes to the testing of one's faith, perseverance is the thing that's produced. Testing, in Jesus' case, was part of his preparation for the years of ministry which were to come, and also for the hard road to the cross that lay ahead at the end of that time. The testing that one undergoes during a preseason time of life also has some of these outcomes. You know, take, for example, the athlete who is away from their family. The family needs to learn how to manage without mom or dad there. With mom and dad away, with the athlete away from them during this month-long preseason, that can be a big challenge to overcome. But it sure will make the weekend road trip during the season or an occasional longer absence seem like something that can be managed more readily, more easily. The testing for the athlete also, it helps to set goals for the season ahead, personally, professionally, and it helps to to stretch, to reach, to achieve those higher levels from maybe something higher that's ever been achieved before. But all these things begin with testing, and and testing has a seemingly foundational primary place. And and you can tell, you can tell the veteran players, they they take on preseason very differently than the rookies or the younger players. They're more careful with their pace. They're more careful to get rest. They're more intentional about some of these things. And and it shows. They've been through preseasons before. They know and understand these tests. Well, another part to the preseason that I think we see in this account of Jesus is the extremes to which the body is pushed. You know, we understand that Jesus had fasted. He had gone without food for those 40 days. And both in the accounts told by Matthew and Luke, we read that Jesus is hungry. Preseason pushes the body to the limits. Yes, sometimes this intense training period is about shaking off an, an off-season or a winter lethargy. There's two-a-days, you know, these double training sessions. There's other types of training and programming designed to disrupt the normal rhythm and flow of the year and to kind of get the body back into this elite-level shape. The Apostle Paul speaks to some of this when he writes to the church in Corinth. He says, All who take part in the games train hard. They do it to get a crown that will not last, but we do it to get a crown that will last forever. So I do not run like someone who doesn't run toward the finish line. I do not fight like a boxer who hits nothing but air. No, I train my body and bring it under control. Then after I've preached to others, I will myself not break the rules. If I did break them, I'd fail to win the prize. That's in 1 Corinthians 9, 25 through 27. You know, in some versions of that text, Paul's words read, I beat my body instead of I train my body. But we understand that there's a work to be done. There's, there's this rigor in establishing the necessary self-discipline that we need in life. And sometimes we just need to get away. And in a preseason moment, we need to establish or reestablish those habits, those rhythms, those routines that will give us strength and see us through the ups and downs that occur in the course of a season or a year. You know, we know that Jesus was poor during his life here on earth. And from the accounts in the Gospels, likely there's many times when Jesus went without food or a meal, but he was ready for it. He was prepared because he had already conditioned his body to be able to go on without food for long periods of time. For example, there's a moment when Jesus and his disciples have been on the road for a while, and Jesus decides to to stop and rest at a well outside of town. The disciples go into the city, into the village to buy some food, and when they come back, they find Jesus has just had this long conversation with a woman at the well. And they're thinking, man, the master's got to be hungry. So they're telling Jesus, 
Here, Rabbi, have some food to eat. But Jesus tells him, I have a food to eat that you know nothing about. You know, I think many of us might be able to relate to this kind of a moment. You know, there's just some moments when eating isn't really high on the priority list because we realize that something bigger is happening. Something more important is going on. And this is just one small moment in the bigger life story of Jesus where he puts off food. But I have to believe the precedent for him comes from, in, in some ways, going back to this time in the desert when he conditions himself, when he's fasted and he's been clear in mind, heart, and soul, and he just doesn't need food in that moment. He's been filled by something else, this conversation with this woman that's, that's leading to great and miraculous things. Well, the final thing I want to point out from Jesus's preseason period in the desert is the preparation that went on. I kind of save this one for last because I feel like it's one of the more obvious ones to me, but Jesus learns and puts into practice a lot of what he's been learning for much of his life as a young man growing up with the scriptures and growing up in synagogue. And so we see that the devil tempt, he attacks Jesus. Satan uses scripture snippets, the very words of God to go after Jesus. And it's a massive test. It's, it's really Jesus's first test. But, you know, Jesus sees the strategy of the devil. And Jesus understands God's word, the scriptures, not in part, not isolated and alone, but in a comprehensive whole. And I think this is one of the things we can we can see in a preseason. Preseason is really a time for football teams. If you think about it, they start to understand their unique identity. A manager and team are working on tactics, maybe a formation. They're understanding how they will move together, work together, how they're going to link up, how they're going to play. Now, maybe there's not specific details of the next weekly opponent that they're going to be facing, but they're working on honing their craft, working on their own identity so that a team can play football in a variety of situations and a variety of complexities. We see Jesus being tested by the devil, but we see that in this, his identity is confirmed. He knows the scriptures. He knows them better than the devil does. He understands his identity better because he faces this test and this challenge. And now he understands what lies ahead for him in a different way. Remember, most everything to this point in Jesus's life has been positive and affirming. Yes, his life story has difficult moments of fleeing, being a refugee, a foreigner in a strange land, moving around a bit as a kid, maybe getting left in a crowded city as a young boy. But this test by the devil, it's really, like I said, it's Jesus's first real test as an adult man. And we see Jesus pass the test. We see Jesus passing the test with flying colors. And this preseason of his life is going to set him up well for all that lies ahead. Well, my friend, whether you're entering the football preseason of your first year, your last year, or somewhere in between, I hope you can reflect on some of these points to Jesus's preseason to help you with your own. Remember, Testing happens in the preseason moments of life, and this testing is useful, helpful for preparing us for times that lies ahead. As difficult as the testing may be, let me encourage you to embrace it. Secondly, preseason pushes us physically, spiritually, emotionally, mentally. We are pushed to the extremes and to limits, maybe that we've previously not have experienced before. And this push helps us to discipline ourselves and and make us more more honed, more ready. Like like that fighter, that boxer that Paul's talking about, like that runner that runs the race. Lastly, preseason confirms our identity. It confirms our purpose. It it helps us to understand how we're going to work and act and live and breathe. And and it's going to help us understand some of the attacks that we might be under and how to prepare for them, how to address them, how to answer them. 
Well, as we close, I want to share a prayer for this time of preseason. Lord, bless this test of preseason. Ready me, body, mind, heart, and soul. In times of hunger, feed me with a food that others don't know about. In times of doubt, give me courage and confidence to face my adversary and my foe. When my body feels pushed to the limits, help me to push on and push through. When my mind feels tired with fatigue or overwhelmed with information, let me be clear. When my spirit feels discouraged or down, lift my eyes to stay focused on you. Be with my family, though I may not be able to be near. Be with me through moments of difficulty, pain, or fear. Help me to rest and rise in your strength alone. Help me to pass this test and return safely home. Amen. Well, friend, this is Reb Brad coming to you from the Touchline.